I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In 1949, a small group of Episcopalians living in the neighborhood decided to have some services. And a few months later, they formed a mission. And shortly after that, became a parish. Shortly after that, they decided they would also start a school for some strange reason. I don't know what would possess them to, while they're trying to get a church going, also to get a school going, but they did. Why would they do that? Well, maybe some of these bloopers from student papers might give a bit of a reason why people would be concerned to start a school. These are from, uh, and you may have read them before, genuine student uh, entries on essays handed in in English and history papers from eighth grade to college. Uh, Moses made lev- unleavened bread, which is bread without any ingredients. Solomon, one of David's sons, had 500 wives and 500 porcupines. Without the Greeks, we wouldn't have history. And the Greeks invented three kinds of columns, Corinthian, Doric, and Ironic. They also have myths. A myth is a female moth. Homer was not written by Homer, but by another man of that name. Socrates was a famous Greek teacher who went around giving people advice. They killed him for it, and he died from an overdose of wedlock. Eventually, the Ramones conquered the Greeks. History calls them Romans because they never stayed in one place for very long. The sun never set on the British Empire because the British Empire is in the east and the sun sets in the west. The 19th century was a time of great many inventions and thoughts. The invention of the steamboat caused a network of rivers to spring up. Louis Pasteur discovered a cure for rabbis. The First World, First World War was caused by the assassination of an archduke by a serf. So you can go on the internet. They're very funny and done with best intention, and I know some people struggle with that. But... So, of course, the church decided to start a school. With blood, sweat, and tears, they prayed and launched into the deep. They invested. But as someone said, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Today we celebrate our school, St. Francis School. I wish we had enough time for the people of our church to meet the awesome faculty and staff of our school. And I wish the people of our school we had time to meet the awesome people of our church because we all are one community. We want to give thanks to those who have gone before and to those who are gathered here today. Uh, Put your hands up if you're a teacher or faculty. Put your hand up if you're dragged here because you're a friend or family of teacher or faculty. No kidding. Um, Board members, present or past board. Uh, Students, current students who are here. Grace Ann, sorry. This Grace Ann and Freeman's second service today. Sorry. Uh, put your hand up if you were a student here in the past. You're alumni. There we go. There we go. I was gonna say. There we go. Trey, good to have you here. And some of our alumni are now teaching at our school, which is awesome. So what is it we celebrate when we celebrate Episcopal School Sunday? What's the distinctiveness of an Episcopal school or a faith-based school? 
It's interesting that in our gospel reading today, they refer to Jesus as teacher. And I invite you to look in your bulletin at the gospel reading, which is on page six, if you want to follow along with me. It kind of struck me that Jesus is often referred to as a teacher and even refers to him, alludes to himself as a teacher. And I hadn't really noticed that before. And in verse 15, people who are trying to trap him come along and use the best tools of dialectic and sophistry and rhetoric and they flatter him. Teacher, we know, here's what we know. We know that you're sincere. A teacher of the truth according to God's way, impartial because you don't care what people think. So tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes or not? This is a big question. And then Jesus says, show me the coin. Show me the money. And he says to them, whose inscription's on it? And they said, the emperor. He says, give to the emperor what belongs to the emperor. And give to God what belongs to God. What does it mean to give to God? What is the coin we use to give to God? What is our currency? St. Francis School is trying to help students to distinguish between two kingdoms, two currencies, which we all know when we go to Canada or Europe, we have to do an exchange rate. There's the coin with which we pay the emperor. All the skills necessary to live in this world, to be considered successful in the eyes of the world. But we are also at St. Francis investing in our students to show them there is a coin of love, a currency of faith, without which the other coin is not worth much. We try to instill in them a moral compass by which they can find their true north. I don't know if you remember the old days of the GPS when you had to recalibrate them every so often. I was going on a trip some years ago up to Dallas, and, uh, but before we went, the person's GPS had it was in need of recalibration. So before setting off on this five-hour journey, we drove around in circles in the parking lot for five minutes while we recalibrated our GPS. And I often think that's kind of what we feel like we're doing at school sometimes, driving around in circles. But we need to. We need to find our true north. I don't know if you ever come into the school this way and read the paver stones. I've been fortunate to be here for 16 years and I know many of the children and students who are out there and uh, what's happened to them. Some are now in Hollywood on the big screen. Some have tragically died. Some, are, some just gave birth. And one of the paver stones out there says education is not so much a matter of filling a bucket, but lighting a fire. For us at St. Francis, religion and faith and chapel is not just an add-on or an afterthought, but at the very heart of what we feel education is. And so it's necessary to fill the bucket with information, with teaching, with doctrine. I was, uh, went down to the diocese yesterday and I was in the parking lot and they'd give me a plastic cup with water and I drank all the water except for a little bit at the, at the bottom, like an inch, and I put it on top of my van while I unloaded, it was kind of windy. And it, of course, it blew over and got that little bit of water on me and my, my van. 
And I thought if the water had, if the cup had been full of water, it would have had the weight to stay, to stay there and not spill. And I sometimes thought we need to invest in our children and make sure the cup is full. But we also need to light a fire to help them find their passion. A faith-based school does not try to make our students into someone else, but to discover who they truly are, what their gifts are, what their interests are, and to remind them who they are in God's eyes, that God has named them, he has fashioned them, he has called them, he has chosen them, he has loved them, and he has a mission for them. And if our school does not help our students to go out and embrace the world, then we have abdicated our mission. You know, our students suffer from a, a condition known as FOMO, fear of missing out. Students today are not afraid of missing out on knowledge and information. They're afraid of missing out on relationship and friends and being connected and being included. When we were younger, when I was young, getting knowledge was like digging for a well. You had to find the library, go to the card catalog, find the book that had been taken out by someone and not returned. So we went, went to the encyclopedia and dug up information that was two decades old. Nowadays, we have to put things in place to prevent students from becoming drowned by all the information that's available to them. And it's immediate. It's merely seconds old what they're coming across. And so we need to help our students understand how to be secure at the center so they can live on the edge. Understand who they are in God's eyes, made by him of infinite value, each and every person that they see. A person on an NPR program, sort of NPR is what old people listen to, Patrick? Corey Doctorow, who's a science fiction author, was talking with some people about students who are looking to the future and trying to find a way between this crushing despair and pessimism and this naive optimism. Where are we going? And he's, Corey said, we have a crisis of imagination. A crisis of imagination. And I thought imagination is much like faith. The ability to see something that other people don't see yet. The ability to see God's fingerprints on things in the world. Did you know that Jesus never told children to grow up? But he did tell grown-ups to become like children. May children be for us that model of imagination, of faith, of looking to the future with hope, of embracing love and going out into the world. So may God give us grace to celebrate our school. God has done wonderful things at St. Francis, is doing wonderful things. And we need to pray for them, the students, their families, their teachers, their priests. It's a very complicated world. And we give thanks for his goodness and remember where it came from. And we remember to learn from our children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.